0: Constant self flagellation, full moon features would go to business. I am your host for the evening, Gabe, and with me tonight is my lovely co host, Casey. Casey, how are we doing today?
1: You, you know, I, I, I've I, been better. You know, I, I just got off of a lawn shift at work, and it, it was a little torturous, you know?
0: A little torturous, you say? A little bit of uh, just sort of rough, sort of a uh, it, bit of a.
1: It's, it's, it's the pits, you know?
0: Ah. Uh. Do you, do you do you want to know what helps me recover after a long shift at work?
1: Um, self-flagellation.
0: Well, that, but also a nice short story. Uh, one I'm particularly fond of being "The Pit and the Pendulum," which, while sharing a name with the movie we watched tonight, ultimately has very little connection to the source material. <laughs>
1: Also, I really wasn't making a joke about things being the pits. Retail just sucks.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. Happy holidays, everyone.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, tonight's uh, movie of focus is 1991's The Pit and the Pendulum, directed by Stuart Gordon.
0: Also starring Lance Henriksen and Jeffrey Combs, two stars that we are very familiar with.
1: Said Herbert to the android bishop
0: it It's it, it last episode we we made the statement of how have we not heard of this? This seems like a perfect storm, right? Well, it certainly was a storm. We
1: now understand why we had never heard of this, and we now realize that we hadn't heard of it for good reason. Um, yeah, qu- quite frankly, i I was let down by this film. I went in with very high hopes, given I love. Stuart gordon's past work with um from beyond and reanimator i love jeffrey combs and most anything he's in he's always a great ca- source of camp and of course Lan- lance henrickson is amazing as the android bishop in aliens right but this this unfortunately did not land
0: yeah there there were just there were just a lot of things that didn't line up in this movie, and it is really unfortunate because it does feel like it should be just a great movie all around. But I suppose you've already gone and answered my question of was this a good movie? But that leads us into the the opening scene does kind of encapsulate some of the issues that I have with this film. So I suppose we should go ahead and start there.
1: Yeah, the movie legit opens up on a snarky comment regarding corpse desecration as we find a tomb being opened and a rotted body being pulled out and put on trial.
0: Now, this is a thing that I do know happens in in the Christian faith and in other faiths where people will be put on trials for crimes they committed in life after death. But a lot of what they do here is, I'd say, borderline slapstick with this corpse.
1: Yeah, I I won't lie. This is honestly probably my favorite part of the movie because this happened and I was enjoying myself very thoroughly. Considering they straight up start lashing
0: a corpse. Oh yeah, it's a very very fun gimmick. It's a very fun little vignette. So we should say Lance Henriksen plays our... uh, Our lead villain.
1: Our Inquisitor Torquemada.
0: Right. However, I will be referring to him as Frollo from here on out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I forgot that during this scene I wrote in my notes, this pinata sucks. They forgot to put the candy in.
0: (laughs) No, the bones were the candy. That's why they grinded it up. It's like a bunch of Smarties.
1: (laughs) Oh god, Then they snort it?
0: Mm, Perhaps. But... They, they they take this corpse out, they're judging it. We also get Jeffrey Combs as I I couldn't tell you the character's name, but maybe it's just that I, I I recently watched Reanimator with you. In this movie he just reminded me of Herbert West. I think it was a mixture of that and also he's just wearing a big pair of glasses and feeling really really snarky all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean Jeffrey Combs is very good at snarky. He is very, very good at snarky, but I don't think this is the same level of dry humor that Herbert West has.
0: Yeah, throughout the movie, I suppose, I couldn't just, I couldn't not look at him as just, oh, it's Jeffrey Combs in a silly hat. I never believed him to be his character. It was just, you know, look, it's Jeffrey Combs. So they're, they're whipping this skeleton, and they whip it so hard that they whip the skin off. And they collect up all the bones and they start grinding it up in this giant mortar and pestle. And for some reason Frollo takes the bone dust and puts it into an hourglass.
1: Yeah, that that, that cold open is extra as fuck. It's it, it doesn't it's very extra, but it's it does not really set Well, I guess it does kind of set the pace for the movie in that it's weird and a little extra and doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: Right. And afterwards, we get our opening title uh, credits overlaid on to medieval skeletons just going around doing skeleton shit.
1: Yeah, I I thought this might have been um, Hieronymus Bosch, but... Oh no,
0: um, this is too coherent for Bosch.
1: Yeah, I I actually spent a decent bit of time trying to find out what these paintings actually were, but I was... I, I was thoroughly disappointed because I could not find their origin. But they are just medieval skeletons doing things.
0: Just vibing. Just, just vibing. vibing. Stabbing sinners. After we get our uh, nice little diatribe of bastard skellies, we open up on a bakery where where the baker is is trying to get a bun in the oven, so to speak.
1: That is not how you get the cream filling into the bread. Ayo! Ayo! No,
0: it's a baker and his wife are making bread and getting real fucky on the uh, on the flour on top of the flour sacks.
1: Yeah, these are our quote unquote main characters, Maria and Antonio.
0: I'm glad you remember their names.
1: I'm amazed I did. Um, And Antonio basically cock blocks himself by burning bread.
0: He was the one who initiated this. You'd think he would have thought about the bread, so but whatever. So they burn the bread. They're like, hey, we gotta, we gotta sell it. We gotta sell all this bread out in the market. And while they're doing that, the church bells start ringing, and uh, Maria gets down on her knees and starts praying. And they start t- talking about how the Spanish Inquisition. I wasn't expecting them. Are coming and sort of burning all the heretics and the witches which was what they did that is true and how Maria believes them to almost all be completely innocent which again is pretty much true
1: yeah Maria is kind of painted as this like living saint
0: she's literally uh, Maria being close enough to the Virgin Mary in and just in like taxonomy And it, it's very clear what they're going for with this. Mm -hmm. And overall, it's, it's just an odd choice, but whatever, we move on to them in the market, selling their goods. You know, there's a guy screaming about, come get your pork, come eat your pork, prove you're not a Jew and eat some pork.
1: Buy my sausages, lady. Somebody buy my pork.
0: It's again, it's a very odd comedy beat in this film.
1: Sausage salesman is my favorite character.
0: no, there I do have I do have a vote for favorite character. It is not sausage salesman.
1: Sausage salesman is my second favorite character.
0: so while sausage salesman is doing his thing, the wife and the husband, Antonio and Maria are selling their bread. And Antonio puts the bag down for a second as some some street urchins come up and start grabbing the bread. Which leads us into a chase scene, which I could only describe the music in the scene as being whimsical. Which is, a again, a very odd choice. Yes,
1: yeah, slightly. And a chase scene in which Antonio and Maria get separated to the point where they end up at the main event of the day which is a public execution
0: public witch burning
1: yes a public punishment
0: and one thing i will give this film is that they do try for some level of historical authenticity where a lot of the things that they do a lot of the things that they show as far as like costuming and and weaponry and props and everything is very historically accurate. It's accentuated and like stylized, but it is accurate. And so this woman is coming up. She's about to be burned. She's begging the executioner please just kill me quick. I know you're going to kill me. Just do it quick. And She takes off a ring. It's like here. Here's payment. Do whatever. And he, he strings her up by a noose and carries her around like Santa Claus carrying around a sack full of toys for like a good minute while they bring her son out and force him to watch while they whip him in the back repeatedly and it just it made me feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, unfortunately this is this was kind of the norm in that they would do these public executions Force their family members to watch while being uh, physically uh, tormented, sort of as, like, a deterrent for others. If you're not up and up with God, this is going to happen to you. And, like, with the kids, it's like, you carry the the blood of these sinners. You are also to be punished. Look at what awaits you. That kind of shit.
0: Yeah, it's... It is upsetting, and I know why it's upsetting, and and a scene like this could have worked, if not not, but moments earlier in in the film, were we having a slapstick scene where they were putting a skeleton on trial?
1: Yeah. At, at this point, Maria has stumbled onto the scene, and she basically rush. Maria rushes in, and attempts to get them to stop. Antonio tries to get her to stop, and he gets bonked on the head and immediately goes down, and Maria's like, oh my god, my husband's dead.
0: Which is a sensible first reaction, which I also have to say, why, why on earth would she do that?
1: Because she's I understand
0: stupid. the emotion. I understand being like, oh, I gotta do something. But they have guns, right? They have... The means to murder you, and the, the crowd is literally frothing at the mouth for the murder of heretics. It's not like they're on your side. You, you, you're you gonna get your shit kicked in.
1: It's it's because they're trying to pra- paint Maria as this, like, oh, virtuous woman who wants to help everybody and whatnot. And it's it's that kind of thing. And she's also, like, begging for mercy, and she's straight up branded a witch
0: branded a witch because uh, and this is why I refer to this the uh, brother Torquemada as Frollo he comes down and is trying to investigate this uh, the situation, whatever the disturbance is and he meets Maria and when he looks down at her she's like begging for mercy begging for God to have mercy and he like Pulls his arm, his arms away, and like makes a noise. He's like hissing, like a vampire. He's like, "There was a witch. She bewitched me. Send her to the dungeons." She gave me a boner. She must be a witch. Oh no, no, no! She didn't. We learned later that 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 couldn't have happened. Eh,
1: I mean, sh- she she gave him feelings, and therefore must be witch.
0: She, she gave him a theoretical boner. <laughs> But uh, she is branded a witch. She is taken to the dungeon. The husband is not dead. He's not dead. He wakes up and he's like, "Where's my wife?" And some random peasant is like, oh, she's in the dungeon.
1: She's been branded a witch. She'll be, she'll be dead
0: soon enough." And so she's been branded as a witch, and she's taken into the torture dungeon. And we get two depictions of torture. One, a gentleman being impaled by an iron maiden, and two, another person who has just been put up in stocks. I feel like this is a very, very one-sided weighing of torture. Not, not, not even to mention that, like, the iron maiden didn't even exist, actually. Did it not? No, it is a entirely a fabrication.
1: I was not aware of that
0: so it, I give this movie some stuff for her historical accuracy but other times I must take it away and as she is being presented before this sort of council of council of weirdos to see if she is a witch or not we unfortunately get tits
1: this podcast has gone zero episodes without boobs showing up
0: and we get tits in a most uncomfortable scene which is again exactly what they're going for they want you to feel uncomfortable they want you to feel what this woman is feeling
1: yeah they they basically strip her down in order to search for witches marks any sort of blemish or anything that they can construe as a mark of satan and nope it turns out maria is just fucking perfect
0: so one of the guys, Mendoza, just starts pinching her. He's like, Look, it's a red mark.
1: Nope, nope, it's it's going away. Nope. Nope. Okay.
0: Pinches her again. No, it's a red mark. Which is again a very odd moment of attempted humor when this woman is being effectively molested.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's this isn't even the most uncomfortable scene in this movie.
0: Oh, it gets real weird. It gets real fucking weird, real fucking fast.
1: Yeah. Thankfully, after a time and with Frollo being fucking creepy as she is presented, he's like, okay, take her away. Thankfully, they let her get dressed again and they throw her into, into a cell with an older woman named Esmeralda.
0: As though we couldn't be ripping off the Hunchback of Notre Dame anymore
1: i I liked Esmeralda I thought she was like she's a good character
0: oh yeah this is not a comment on the on the character of Esmeralda
1: oh no no no, no. i I agree there but like I think Esmeralda was my favorite character in the movie
0: yeah though she is not without her f- faults which are more or less purely logical and we will get to it because I have a lot of problems with the logic of this movie yep but we meet Esmeralda she is a very clear witchy stereotype old woman frazzled hair she's like pulling spider webs off the wall trying to stop the bleeding in uh, Maria's head and she explains that she was brought in as a witch but really her only crimes or her only actions rather were that she was a healer it was that she was using out al- was using sort of natural salves and remedies and that was what was labeled her. As a witch,
1: well, she she even admitted to being a witch. Like she's like, oh, you're not actually a witch. I am one, but I'm a midwife. I use herbs. Blah blah blah.
0: Right. It's it's not witchcraft. It's just you know. It's rem it's not remedies. It's you know.
1: It's practical magic.
0: Yeah, and we get that scene. as Esmeralda comforting um, Maria. We cut back to Frollo.
1: His hair is so fucking funny.
0: That's my. That was my next note, which was, oh my god, his hair.
1: <laughs> I know, he's just got this. He's got this tiny little tuft up front, and then he's got the super thin, super thin monk ring around his bald head. I'm just like, oh my god. Why is it so thin? Why is it
0: so thin? I have to assume that is a historical haircut that these kinds of.
1: That, that, that's a choice that is indeed a choice
0: but there are so many other things that this movie ignores as far as aesthetics are concerned I, lance hendrickson would have just looked better
1: agreed bald. like with if you're not paying attention those few little tufts of hair just straight up look like mange
0: Oh yeah, or even even if just like the friar, like ribbon around his head, it's a little like kiddy doll <laughs> tuft of hair coming out the front of his head. It's so distracting and makes me not take this Agreed. character seriously Agreed. at all. It's
1: it's it's bad. And of course, our executioner comes in and is like, "Oh, you saved me," blah blah blah, and and Frollo just straight up starts flogging himself.
0: No 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 no. We we missed out on the important part where he takes off his robes and he's got like a fucking band of pins that he's wrapped around. It's like a corset with oh, yeah. like nails on the inside oh, that he's been yeah. digging into his body. I the used entire to know time. the proper
1: name for that item and I forgot what it was. Why I was a weird kid and in middle school I got really into torture devices. But also, this scene makes no sense because flogging oneself to rid yourself of impure f- thoughts doesn't work. After a point, you just become accustomed to the pain and then it starts to become associated with those impure thoughts and it just starts to turn you on.
0: Oh no, yeah, that's the entire implication of this scene, which is Frollo is getting mad horny from getting his back slashed and he even like throws a a clay pot on the ground and kneels down on the shards all the while he's praising a... A picture of uh, the Virgin Mary that he is now picturing Maria's face on top of, and it's, it's so much weird psychosexual nonsense, that, I feel like should mean more than it really does.
1: The last, the last movie I watched with this much masochistic self-torture in order to stop unwanted thoughts was *Return of the Living Dead* three.
0: Fair enough, but point stands. It's a weird amount of sexual sadism in this. I, film. I wouldn't
1: say sadism. This is masochism.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: And but mo- moving on from Frollo just being a creep and spilling his own blood in the name of a uh, virginity, we come across to one of the castle workers just casually dumping bodies over the railing of the castle because, you know, he's too lazy to just go to the dumpster.
0: Yeah, I believe this character's name is Gomez.
1: I think so. I think his name was Gomez. Um, I don't quite recall. But Antonio comes up to him and says, Hey, I need to get inside the castle. My wife is still inside. Can you help me? He's like, hell no. And then Antonio's like, will you help me now? Shows off a coin. He's like, No. Will you help me now? Just gives him the whole bags. He's like, "Okay, get underneath the cart."
0: Yeah. So, so this does bring up one of my other major issues with the film is that the accents are fucking everywhere.
1: Oh yeah, no, they're all over the place. This obviously takes place in Spain during the Spanish Inquisition, and it's you know these 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 accents are just unexpected.
0: Yeah. So. Antonio has a pretty strong-ish Spanish accent. Gomez is talking like a fucking New York taxi driver. I know, right? It's such a weird juxtaposition, and, and something that I noticed that really does get under my skin is that Antonio refers to Gomez as Señor, but then continues to speak in English. Well, okay, what what are they speaking? Are they speaking English to each other? Is that, was that just one throwaway line in Spanish? Is it, what's the idea? And it's, it's such a it's a mistake in writing where in order to add flair to a character's speech you, you add a, a a foreign word to it from where they originate from but when your two characters are from the same like place you you question okay are they speaking Spanish to each other or are they speaking broken English to each other? It it doesn't make sense.
1: At least it's not like what Meridian did and had characters speaking in Italian then not translate. Just literally have the uh, the subtitles be speaking in Italian.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. But then again, <laughs> nothing is as bad as Meridian.
1: Yeah, we we blocked out that movie from our memories.
0: So. Antonio is brought inside where he meets um, Jeffrey Combs and some of the other members of this judge or torture council are playing uh, cards. And while they are distracted, Antonio goes out to search for Maria whom is whom is standing and watching Esmeralda get tortured uh, via a means of I would assume uh, they are sticking a funnel in her mouth, pouring water in the funnel, and plugging her nose so that she is effectively drowning.
1: Yeah, this is basically land drowning.
0: Yeah, it, it feels like waterboarding with some extra steps.
1: Yeah, like, this This whole scene is just, like, it's fucked up. Because, like, confessions are accepted under torture. Otherwise, you may confess just to avoid torture. Then it wouldn't be a true confession that's literally the logic here.
0: Right. And I would assume that was the logic of the Spanish Inquisition at some points because it 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 brings up memories of Salem where it's like if you if you throw you into the river and you float you're a witch but if you drown you weren't a witch and you were and you were, you know, weren't guilty after all.
1: And you go to heaven cuz you died an innocent person.
0: Where it's like well we can't exe- expect you to tell the truth unless we've tortured you.
1: Yeah, it's, it is definitely a fucked situation, but the fact that they just straight drown her, like she legit dies for a moment.
0: Oh yeah, so I will I will admit, I didn't catch the uh, latter bit of that scene where they say that she does end up surviving, and I just assume she died there. And so when she comes back later in the film, I'm like, wait, did we just forget about that scene? No, she
1: she did actually cough up the water. They did resuscitate her, but she did she did die for a moment.
0: Right. And Maria is losing her shit again, yelling at them, like, shame on you, shame on you for murdering this old woman. And Mendoza, the uh we forgot to mention Mendoza has stigmata.
1: Oh, yeah, the Executioner.
0: The Executioner has stigmata that um, uh, Frollo was fingering back in the scene where he was getting flogged.
1: Ugh. Ugh, why did you remind me?
0: Granted, good effect. Please don't do it again.
1: Thanks, I hate it.
0: But while Maria is being... Detained by Mendoza and is being put on the rack for all of her I guess her insolence and she starts getting visions of Esmeralda which they're in like some perfect paradise garden area where Esmeralda's like yes come here we're free here we can do what we want but just don't look down it never comes back the, the fact that if if maria looks down she is brought out of this dreamscape
1: i i i can kind of understand this mindset though because it's like oh go to your happy place to escape from the notion of the pain i can kind of understand that because that's kind of what this is but it's almost like a metaphysical happy place because it's almost like her soul is being transported away but don't look down because then it breaks and you go back to your body and everything sucks
0: Right. It's it's working off of dream logic and that would make sense if this were a dream, but I guess Maria's just actually a witch. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The it seems that this is just fucking magic. I guess Maria's just actually a witch. Is is such a, we should so spoilers, I guess. The the movie has straight up fucking magic in it. Where Esmeralda, who's like, oh, I just use herbs and I healed and I made what? No, she's fucking uses magic to astral project to fucking Maria, and it's I- it's ridiculous because it it defeats the purpose of criticizing the Spanish Inquisition because like. They're right. They were right. She was a witch.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a messed up situation. But mo- moving on, like, they get her off the rack and Frollo takes her to the side. And she's like, hey, if you're a witch, go ahead and tell only me and maybe I can save you.
0: And I can save you in other ways, too. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also got a fucking sword hanging above his bed.
1: Yeah, And he legit, he just pulls her through some secret passages to try and convince her. And then they end up stumbling upon Antonio's torture.
0: So I I will say we did skip over one part where uh, Gomez ends up betraying uh, Antonio and bringing the guards and capturing him and making sure that he basically be like, yeah, fuck you. We're going to torture your wife and you're not going to be able to do anything about it and they're torturing Antonio by basically raking him over the coals they have a fire going and they're sitting sitting on a metal chair and he's just laughing it off it is not affecting him at all until they decide to take him out of the chair at which point Antonio uses that chance to fight back which I don't understand why they would do that
1: Sorry, what was the question? I wasn't paying attention.
0: What, why, why do they untie Antonio if they're just like waiting for him to burn?
1: Maybe, maybe, maybe they're like, oh shit, did we not do it correctly? We need to torture this guy better.
0: I guess it's. But it it's... is
1: also funny that he's just sitting there in a hot iron chair making bread puns. Oh, you're gonna have to
0: turn up the heat if you want to bake my buns. Again, completely loses the accent.
1: <laughs> yeah. But they anti him and he straight up just starts using a giant ladle as a weapon.
0: So what feat do you need to take in order to add your proficiency bonus with the ladle?
1: Um, cooking.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Because he is fucking skilled with a ladle.
1: Giant ladle is best weapon after cast iron
0: pan. Oh yeah, he is kicking so much fucking ass. Like, he takes on like a half a dozen guards. And knocks them out, but doesn't think until... So, eventually, Frollo and Maria show up. And he he is able to take one of the guard's swords and hold Frollo hostage. And Frollo's like, No, let me go. The ch- show me mercy and the church will show you mercy. That is the way of the church. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, No, fuck this. I know you're a liar. We're not going to happen. And Maria's like, "No, let him go. He's a holy man. He will he will uphold his promise." And guess what? He fucking doesn't. Yep. He he hits a button and drops a fucking like gates around them. He's like, "Oh, yes, the greatest mercy we could provide you is a quick death." Mm, <laughs> just Again, Maria's a fucking idiot.
1: Yeah. And, and in the meantime, like shortly after this, the fucking cardinal arrives from the Vatican.
0: A cardinal from the Pope shows up and is like The Vatican. Yo. Yeah, from the Vatican shows up and is like, yo, we gotta stop all this murdering though. It ain't good though.
1: And Frello just straight up gets the Cardinal drunk. And we get a very minor reference to the cask of Amontillado.
0: It's so... strange, because it's only paying such the most minor of lip service to the source material here. To the point where... Okay, why even... Why even use it at all?
1: To pad the runtime. Uh,
0: I mean, no, I mean like the pit in the pendulum. That, That... again, we get perhaps six total minutes of screen time where there is either a pit or a pendulum on screen.
1: In that regards, name recognition?
0: I guess. But I also would like to think that Stuart Gordon is better than this, but apparently not. I yeah. guess he. I guess he needed to eat that week, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah, so in in this point we get our reference to the cask of amontillado in that they apparently just had a wall waiting. Oh yeah, that was sectioned off with chains. In that they stick the cardinal in and then just straight up wall him up.
0: I will say this was a very fun scene, uh, for me at least, because the cardinal's actor was like, "I have a seal of the pope. Please let me go. I have a seal of the pope." And when they're sealing him in, he's going. No, no no
1: <laughs> I was waiting for him to bust out into an aria
0: it, it it is kind of it's really silly and again it's that accent thing they seal him away they uh they just why not kill him I don't know and I'm we pretty get...
1: sure you're going straight to hell for killing a cardinal.
0: Right. You're not... It's, But we get to the next scene where Maria is brought into Frollo's quarters again. And is like... Basically Frollo's like, Hey yo, let me fuck you and I'll let your husband go.
1: I'm a married woman! You won't be after tomorrow when he dies and then I can love you all to myself.
0: Yeah, it's exactly that. And... Again... Oh, we get tits in a very uncomfortable scene.
1: Yeah, this tick another one for the sexual assault uh chart. But you you can also just tell this man does not know how to touch a woman. This is probably the only woman he's ever touched in his life.
0: Oh, yeah, and we we soon learn that he is also impotent. He cannot get it up.
1: Torquemada cannot fuck, and therefore you must die.
0: He he literally says to Maria, "You have bewitched my manhood," and, and very silly. And he goes to start choking her. And as make, he's choking,
1: Fro, Frollo, they make pills for that.
0: <laughs> not not yet. He's still he's still a few years out. <laughs> just a few. Just but just he, a few years. But he's choking Maria and while that's happening the sword that for some reason is hanging above his bed it snaps and falls and he takes it as a sign from God that he needs to spare Maria but only after he cuts her tongue out
1: I always thought that was a reference to like the sword of Damocles
0: yeah right it's... that's exactly what I was thinking I was about to say if you were familiar with that with that story, that's not the—that's not the context of the story. Is the sword of Damocles? It's like I don't understand why, because there's no other reason they that sword would have been there.
1: Can I confess something? Yes. I only know about the sword of Damocles because of the song from the Rocky Horror Picture Show.
0: Oh, I only know of the sword of Damocles because of the Binding of Isaac.
1: I I only know it because there's a song called The Sword of Damocles in Rocky Horror. It's the only reason I know about that whole thing. I'm just like, oh. Okay.
0: Point being, we're both frauds, but we sound like <laughs> see, we sound intellectual, so that's all that matters.
1: Yeah, he he just He just straight up cuts out her tongue. And it's to the point where it's like, we don't know like what was it? they throw her back into Esmeralda's um
0: into the cage yes and Esmeralda's there and she's like tending to and she's like tending to Maria I suppose and I I believe what happens is we all we then rip off fucking uh Romeo and Juliet where Esmeralda gives her some kind of like tonic or something that makes her fall into a death-like sleep.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird.
0: Like, like, fuck it. If we're ripping off all these other properties, just toss in all the European literature you want. Let's just go for it.
1: Yeah, and at that point, she's just like, hey, come get this corpse before it starts smelling real bad. Just to try and get her out. Right. Because Because Esmeralda's whole plan is like, oh, they're going to take you away, they're going to bury you in an open, they're going to dump you in an open grave, but then your husband can find you and y'all can run away.
0: Right, and that would have worked if Frollo didn't have a huge theoretical boner for Maria.
1: Without that giant theoretical boner, there is a massive problem.
0: Yes he he takes maria and he goes and he puts her in a stone tomb in her honor because apparently he said she confessed to me she was innocent and he also says that the old woman esmeralda is whom bewitched him to cut out the to cut out maria's tongue so they are going to burn Esmeralda at the stake, and we get why I think Esmeralda is the best character in this movie. We we get a scene, and I'm going to build up to this, where Esmeralda is being wheeled out. And we see everyone's, like, building a fucking pyre and, like, cheering and hoping for her to die. And when her cart stops, she turns around and sees several kegs of gunpowder and just starts fucking going at that like a hungry hippo and so when she gets onto the pyre she's like I curse all of you to die and come witness hell as I die and she fucking explodes
1: yeah it's, it's the funniest thing because it's like she looks at the guy who sets the blaze and she's like, I curse you to die from the same fires that kill me.
0: And then he does. Yeah. Or or he's- more specifically, there's actually a really fun makeup effect here where it's not just that he, he takes like, like he's not just like burnt and scarred and stuff He. <laughs> Esmeralda's fucking bones acted as a shrapnel and are embedded all in his body and it's such a nasty image but it, it is one that sticks with me
1: it's so good but and like she she also curses frollo and i can't remember what it was that she cursed him with
0: die by your own torture
1: yes that's it that's it curse to die by your own by the tortures that you inflicted on others. That sort of thing.
0: Right. And here here's where I have more questions. Because the it would seem that Esmeralda ate the gunpowder as a means to sort of be a, make people think that she was a witch and that when she cursed them to die by her fire, she was doing it as a through the means of the gunpowder, but no one would know, so she it just looks like she was a fucking witch. But also she seems to have cursed Frollo to start bleeding at the mouth because he cut out fucking Maria's tongue. And so I'm like, Oh, what do you what do you want movie? Is she a witch or not? Like what where where are we going with this?
1: Yeah, it's it's very, like, is there witchcraft or isn't there witchcraft? We don't know.
0: It's... It's dumb, is what I'm saying. It's really dumb.
1: Oh, incredibly so.
0: Now, finally, roughly an hour and 15 minutes in, we get a pit and a pendulum. And we get that for, like, roughly six minutes. Yep. And it it's a very because it is somewhat faithful to how that character escaped from the the pendulum in in the books right it's okay so i should say antonio is strapped up and Frollo is going to use the pit in the pendulum to kill him and for some reason antonio is being swarmed by by rats they're eating at his hands and all that stuff, and he's and he's like, no, no, you stupid rats, don't don't eat my hands, eat the ropes, and he's and he's clearly like working to try and escape, and is like has a plan and it's working, but the character escaping in the pit and the pendulum made sense because he was the only one in the room. Frollo's just watching Antonio escape the entire time.
1: Do- doesn't he know that a watched prisoner doesn't torture? Shut up. And meanwhile, Maria's been encased in this stone tomb that was used earlier on in the movie, and she's using her latent witchy powers to call Antonio to help her from being buried alive. I guess? I mean, it's the only reason why Antonio would be able to hear her voice in his situation. Because, like, uh, apparently Maria's a witch.
0: I guess. It, uh, moving forward, we, we Antonio escapes, he, he is dropped into the pit, he escapes the pit, and we get a fight scene in this area uh, where the pit is, and like, the fucking floor is shooting fucking fire, and there's like spike traps, And um, and I wrote down in my notes, what is this fucking Robot Wars ass arena they're fighting in?
1: I wrote, may the power of Christ compel you, and if he doesn't, I have a knife!
0: Yes, if the, I wrote down the uh, precursor to the gun in the Bible, which is Frollo has a cross but he takes off the sort of long bit at the bottom, and it unsheaths it's a, a knife, knife, and he fucking stabs uh, oh yeah, uh, Mendoza is all of a sudden against fucking Frollo now, whatever he stabs Mendoza and Antonio escapes he's being fucking he he runs to Maria and she just starts fucking rising out of the coffin and I type down oh I guess she's a fuck ass witch now
1: Maria sits up from her grave like Michael Myers
0: it's like the undertaker yes (laughs) and she's, she's being this fuck ass witch and Frollo just starts going fucking crazy
1: it's almost like he does a reverse final girl circuit.
0: Yeah, he's running by and seeing all the people that he fucking murdered, and like he's seeing horrible visions. And we actually get kind of a, uh, I would say a genuinely nice special effect here.
1: Oh, with the bone dust becoming the skeleton again.
0: Yes, exactly that.
1: Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty good effect there. So so but like.
0: Well, uh, just to explain it, it is a... Uh, they they had a a skeleton that I assume that they basically burnt until it was dust. Or they just made dust in the shape of a skeleton and then blew it away with some kind of air. And then played that in reverse so it looked like the dust was building up into a skeleton.
1: Yeah, that's that's a pretty common technique.
0: Oh yeah, it's... It's pretty common, but it still was pretty effective.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's a try-and-true technique.
0: And so... Frollo's freaking out, he's he's losing his shit, and Antonio kicks him into the fucking pit, where he gets impaled on, like, half a dozen spikes. And again, another good effect. And at this point, I, I... I will admit, I completely lost the plot. Completely. Lost the plot.
1: This this ending made no sense. It's like, yeah, we just killed the head of the Inquisition here in Toledo. We're going to smile at each other and free the prisoners and just go home. And some of the guards were just like, I'm done with this shit. I'm I'm, I'm going. I'm going home.
0: Cool, I hated that fucker anyways. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but like, uh, apparently Maria can talk without a ton. Because
0: she's a fuck-ass witch.
1: Because she's a witch and they 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 just walk out the gates of the castle with, and
0: with the approval of Jeffrey Combs
1: with the approval of Jeffrey Combs because they were like, oh yeah, she was deemed innocent by by the inquisitor before he died and whatnot and there's like there there will be other prisoners but they they just they walk out of the castle into this weird blue light, and I'm like, did, did, did they just walk into heaven or something?
0: Is it- did at some point one of these characters die, and this is just their fucking, like, dying thoughts, or what the-
1: I don't know, but that is how the movie ends.
0: And thank God it ended.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I I read that apparently Lance Henriksen didn't really get along well with Stuart Gordon, during the making of this because of the comedic tones that Gordon was trying to shoehorn in and I can kind of understand it.
0: I thought you were going to say that Lance Hendrickson had a problem with Stuart Gordon because of the hair he made him have.
1: (laughs) I would that would be my main issue but Lance Hendrickson is much more professional than I.
0: Yes Lance Hendrickson is is a professional, and again, there's a lot of people that worked on this that did really good work, but I think ultimately it was just so many conflicting ideas going on at the same time that it just ended up being nothing.
1: Yeah, I... I'm i glad it's done with. I'm glad it's done with, and we never have to watch it again, and we never have to talk about it again. It's over. It's done. Let's forget it existed again.
0: Wait, I have I have one I have one more question for you before yeah. we uh before we officially tuck this film away. How much do you think this movie cost to make? A dollar. <laughs> 2 million.
1: And I bet majority of that was for Halance Henriksen.
0: That and just the set because I okay.
1: This was shot on location. This was
0: shot pretty well and One thing that I will say that is is a phrase that's come up a few times while reviewing these movies is that Full Moon movies are often padded with scenes of people doing things. By that I mean just scenes of people performing standard actions that don't really progress the plot that never happened in this movie. Every second, something was happening. It didn't make sense. It didn't work. But it, there was constantly something happening. And, and I is, guess I can true. praise it for that.
1: That is true, but it doesn't mean we have to like it.
0: Right. But, Casey, I think we might like our next film...
1: Yes, our next installment in the figurine filmography with Puppet Master Three: Toulon's Revenge.
0: Puppet Master Three: Toulon's Revenge, and I will, I will, I will openly admit that I did. I read a little bit of the wiki page on.
1: Yeah, this one's apparently a prequel. It's a prequel. Now, what I'm kind of excited about is that this is directed by David DeCoteau who is the director of Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolo-rama.
0: Oh, Christ alive, this is going to be amazing.
1: (laughs) I might need some booze for this one.
0: But that is a video for another day.
1: Next time, make sure to expect the Spanish Inquisition.
0: In the meantime, whenever you see Lance Henriksen, remind him of this role.
1: Or don't, he might punch you in the face.
0: Just, just let him make sure that we haven't forgotten about this. And like Lance Henriksen, lying in bed and remembering his mistakes, I hope all of you have a absolutely horrible evening. I know I will.